I was just, I was saying, we talking about the positiveness. We probably should just put, I mean, I've just put it, I've just typed it into the script, what went right in, in bold, because that probably should be mentioned after all the negative stuff. Shut up. It's just. Welcome to the UK Ravens podcast, the only official, unofficial Baltimore Ravens podcast from the United Kingdom. Okay, listeners, let's say it together. We will not overreact to week one. We will not overreact. Oh, God damn it! Well, the season's over. <laughs> Welcome back to the UK Ravens podcast. My name is Gus Paul, and I am once again joined by my friends who I met on the internet. Ben Mortimer, Ian Domaine, Jane Ritchie, and James Ogden. Still definitely not called Shane Ritchie. I know. I'm just, I'm just, is, that, is that a Ben thing trying to throw me? Because he knows. I'm, I'm like, I said it in week, <laughs> said it week one. So how, how many doorstep challenges did you do today, Shane? I'm like, I'm like, if you put it on the script, I will read it. Go fuck yourself, guys. <laughs> So, so, oh gosh, after the hype, it's a colossal letdown as we roll Snake Eyes in Vegas. Not good, not not a good deal, guys. How how are we feeling? Ian, are we tired? I know you're up here on the Twitter all night. How are you feeling today? Yeah, I, I'm I'm not not great today. I'll be honest with you. I've had about two hours sleep, so this podcast could go off the rails very quickly. Ben, did you go to sleep for a couple of hours beforehand? You sort of tweeted a couple of times, and then disappeared into the night. Uh, I sleep quite a lot throughout. Oh yeah, well I went to um, I, I, my plan was to get up at five. I set my alarm for five, um, to get up to watch it before between sort of children waking and and all that stuff and and getting ready for school. Um, but then I was I had about an hour's sleep and I woke up very excited, thinking, oh, I don't know, uh, let me just try and go back to sleep. And I thought, no, I'll just get up. So, ironically, my five o'clock alarm went off as I was sort of cursing going back up the stairs to bed. <laughs> I really enjoyed your, your Die Hard references, Ben. Thank you. I'll try to pull out Die Hard references at 3.30 in the morning. It, it cheers me up. The favourite tweet I've seen on the internet today is the Ravens being the first team to go 0-2 in week one because we somehow managed to lose that game twice yesterday. Um, it ended up being a 33-27 to win for the Raiders after it could have been a 30-27. to Another score. That I can't quite work out because I'm too tired um, to do it. We then had some sort of weird, didn't quite make it over, goal line stop, five-yard pushback, messed around for a little bit. Everyone all got very excited of what could happen. And then ultimately, um, the world came crashing down and the Raiders got a win in to open their new stadium with fans. I think it's it's quite good in the the grieving process to to just talk about it, it acceptance uh, and get into it. I think the the big takeaway is we've lost another offensive lineman. Not that we could afford to lose any more. Um, ben Tyree Phillips has gone down with an injury. Do we know anything yet? No, as of recording, I've been uh, checking the, the the latest news, but uh, no, it just says Tyree Phillips went down with a serious looking knee injury, and uh, test results are are awaited. But I think everyone's kind of widely presumed that it's not good. Um, it's just a question of whether it'll be season ending or just an extended period. And uh, unfortunately, we've all become aware of all the uh, 
uh, various t- severities of knee-, knee injuries. So we're just going to have to wait news on that one. But obviously, sad to see any uh, another Raven go down. Um, that fortunately was the uh, the only uh, fairly major looking one of the of the evening. Uh, as I was mentioning before, there was a couple of moments where guys limped off, uh, including. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, but uh, came back on after a couple of plays. Um, obviously, with uh, with Phillips going down, uh, I think um, we're looking at Ben Powers uh, potentially coming in, uh, James, uh, and then the other Ben, Big Ben Cleveland, is kind of uh, behind him still in the pecking order as far as uh, we can tell. So uh, lots to discuss, discuss on that offensive line, and I'm sure we'll come to that shortly. Yeah, and I think you you're waving your hand as if have you seen something come down that Yeah, so sorry, it's my uh, my Twitter obsession. So li- literally just as Ben was talking there, the Ravens have just just sent a tweet out saying uh we've placed Tyree Phillips on injured reserve and we've also released running back Trenton Cannon. So that's that's just right. breaking right now. <sighs> Fired the cannon. Oh, wow. Gosh. <laughs> it's fast. Shane was too tired for this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I feel a bit bad for that for, for that guy because he just came in to do, do what he could to help. Got one game and then he's he's off. Um, Tyree Phillips was neck and neck with Ben Powers for for that job, so it's a it's a blow for him because obviously he now loses his chance to to make that place his own, doesn't he? Yeah, the O line was really tough. Um, we'll throw it to our resident O line guy James, who's going to tell us exactly where it all went wrong. Not just O line. I I, oh, I I love all the positions equally. Um, I'm putting you in a box there. <laughs> the offensive line was was obviously the was obviously a huge um, is obviously a huge point of concern now going forward. Um, I'm not sure uh, going in if you thought it what if you thought it wasn't going to be a bit of a concern that was that was probably a bit naive. Um, it's a very different offensive line from last year. Um, what we saw uh, last night was, uh, well, Monday night, sorry for when, you, when you'll be listening to this, was probably the, I mean, I, I personally, having watched it back a couple of times today, um, I, <laughs> 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 um, Ian, I have to now, because I'm like, I'm churning content now. I now have to, like, I have to watch stuff back. And I, before I just go into a darkened room and not, not worry about it now, I've got to watch it back. Um, I think uh, Ronnie Stanley had one of his worst games as a Raven, um, which went, which luckily for Ronnie Stanley went extremely unnoticed because of Alejandro Villanueva's game, um, which was also one of his, I think was probably one of the worst games of his NFL career. So I'm not sure that I, I, I feel, I feel confident that this was, this was possibly the bottom of the barrel. Um, I'm not sure it will get as bad as this again. Um However, I'm not sure it's going to get that much better in a hurry. Um, I think what you saw was um, what you saw was the the real challenge with Villanueva, which is that his height um, really does hurt him at times. He, as games go on, as plays, well, actually more as plays go on, um, his height comes into play. His pad level is too high just because he's too tall um, and he can't maintain leverage um, and. Max Crosby was an absolute master at taking advantage of it um, and put him in a blender on several occasions. He had, he had an outstanding plan um, and he executed it to perfection. Um, 
the thing that was really disappointing was that there was no kind of reaction to it. And um, we, you know, th- there are plenty of ways in which you can help a struggling offensive tackle. Um, and it took us probably until the fourth quarter to start actually um, putting in some max protect, chipping Crosby as the as the tie end goes out onto a route. It just it it he they were left on an island the entire game. The interior of the O line was was fine. They did okay. Um, I, I felt that there was some some uh, there were some missed double teams, missed communication in in the run in the run game, which caused an issue. Um, but. <sighs> The, the the other challenge, which I, I don't know if we want to talk about it now, was that um, the pass protection from our running backs was 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 really really quite bad last night, um, and I think we saw towards the end in a more concentrated um, space why Tyson Williams didn't play um, as much as as much as people were calling for him to play, which was that he he was severely whiffing in pass protection. He wasn't IDing blitzes. Um, and when he did, it was sporadic. His kind of his actual effort and toughness when he did was was quite sporadic. So, um, James. So as a more casual fan, the other running backs we had on the roster that maybe had a little bit more experience. Is is it a case of just drag and drop, pop them in there, and they would have picked it up, or is it very systematic that actually he was in the best place because he knew the system better, or had I've sort of joked on the show script had Le'Veon Bell been in there, who is a proven blocker been a better choice it would have been really difficult for Le'Veon Bell to come in last uh, on Monday night and, and and play well um he hasn't had a preseason for a start so you know it, it's yeah be... yeah and I, I think Devonta Freeman will be the first guy off the practice squad actually I think uh, Bell will stay on the practice squad um uh, with Cannon going I think um it's really difficult to get to a point where with the Ravens run scheme it is it is outrageously complex like they have a ridiculous amount of, of running plays, um, lots of which these backs will have run in other in other places. But the communication, the verbiage, it's all the you know it's all very different. So it will have needed they will have needed a long time to to come to to come to terms with it. So Tyson Williams was always going to be the starter, and he played well as a, as a back. Like he ran well, and um, he caught the ball out of the backfield. I, I was quite impressed with him again as um in his you know in his in his running and receiving duties it was just the press protection was 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 a liability um and when you when you're dealing with a defensive line like that who had entirely pinned their ears back um and were just going after Lamar you, you have to do something it is in stark contrast contrast really to me to the raiders who knew their offensive line was a weakness and and um you know played for it they 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 consistently had seven eight man protections they had alec ingold and josh jacobs stay in and max protect at times they had um foster moreau chipping adafio away constantly as he went out into his route you know they, they really helped out their offensive line um and and Derek carr called a great game in terms of in terms of the protection schemes so you got you got a real stark contrast between uh, the Ravens, who who basically hung their offensive line out to dry last night, um, and the, the Raiders, who who really game planned carefully. I felt that was my main criticism of the Ravens coaching staff. Now is just a good time just to sort of throw back to Mark, who joined us last week, and I know he's going. It's definitely it's tweeted saying he's going to listen to this to just sort of say well done to him for pretty much calling the game exactly how it was going to go. He told us to look out for Max Crosby, and Shane, Max Crosby looked like the quickest guy in the field. He was chasing Lamar Jackson down like he 
he was the same speed of him. He really did, and I thought I, I thought that Greg Roman called a pretty good game generally, but one area where I, I agree with James that he didn't really make any adjustments to that pass rush, and it's not just about keeping people in to block or, or, or chipping guys, but you can change the way you're calling plays as well with screen passes, or you can go with quick slants over the middle. Um, or one thing that I, I was wondering when it was in the third quarter and nothing was really working for the Ravens offense, I was just thinking, why doesn't Roman just say to Lamar, look, if they keep tearing past these tackles, just get out of there. Just scramble. We know you can do it. He was obviously, Lamar was obviously trying to prove that he could stay in the pocket. He was staying in there doing his reads and making the throws. And that's one of those instances where I thought Roman could just say to him, look, just take off because then they're going to have to tell those guys that they've got to set the edge and they've got to make sure that Lamar doesn't get out of the pocket. I thought in there was just this and there often is, I think, with the Ravens coaching, there's kind of a rigidity, this sort of determination. We will do it our way. Um, and we're not going to necessarily react to what the other team is giving us. It seemed like there were points where you could have tried to punish the, the Raiders for the speed with which they were uh, penetrating on the pass rush. Which was crazy, Shane, as well, because I, I felt like, I know we're probably going to talk about the game plan later, but for me, um, they... You know the, the way he started was great. Like was great. They they um I put on Twitter they were targeting the flats early, which is the way that you that you start to open up a cover three defense. You you throw it to the running back coming out of the backfield. You you um you throw it to you know receivers on on short outs. Um and then you start to soften up the coverage shell that they were in. Um and we did that. And then you saw completions to to um to Andrews down the seam. You saw an incompletion. Um, into the end zone to to Andrews, I think. I think it might have been Hollywood who got the completion actually. Um, and so they, they they you know they they set off pretty well and they stuck to a pretty good game plan. And they just weren't they just weren't ready for that level of pass rush from the Raiders. They just did. They just, I think they were hit by it. I don't think they were expecting it. I think they thought there would be some pass rush. I just I don't think they thought they would have guys consistently getting home. Um, against us, and, and it was only in the fourth quarter when they started to do some stuff um, to kind of slow it down. Um, and when Ngokwe left in the fourth, fourth quarter, that we that we started to see some some progress. Still in a waiver as a right tackle, Ben Mortimer. You had your concerns going into the season. How do you feel coming out of week one? Uh, worse um, <laughs> than before the season. <laughs> I mean, you don't gen- you don't normally like to listen to what. Steelers fans have to say because they've got a bit of a chip on their shoulder and they're probably you know whenever anyone joins another team you're always gonna he goes from your best friend to you hate the guy um, but having watched him sporadically last season he didn't he looked a bit of a liability then obviously he was playing the other tackle position then but um, uh, he was he, he was abysmal last night I mean absolutely abysmal uh, and my concern is what do we do at right tackle now. I mean, is it a miss by the the team who by the evaluators that brought him in for not an inconsiderable amount um, to, to play right tackle? Um, do we provide support throughout the season? Do we um, look at the free agent market, which there is bereft and not many options at right tackle anyway? Um, I don't know, but as I'm hoping that James is bottom of the barrel comment is correct and that um maybe last night obviously a lot of focus is on him um 
could act as some kind of motivational wake-up call, but he's a veteran. He's very old, and he's not going to get any quicker or stronger. So, um, yeah, I'm very concerned about more than any other player actually on the team, probably, uh, 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 that right. I think with Ronnie... We discussed this last week. You know, he's coming back from a fairly major injury. He's going to be rusty, and it's not. It wasn't a total surprise to see him not up to full game speed last night. Um, but yeah, the right tackle position is uh, is an area that I'm not sure how we remedy. I'd I'd love to hear your suggestions. Well, I'm I'm not sure they've got a lot of options in house at the minute. Um, Tyree Phillips obviously played there a little bit. He's he's gone down, so I guess that leaves Makari if they if they're gonna make a change. And beyond beyond that, I I don't know who. Yeah, there's. I don't think there's anyone in house and I think Makari's uh, Makari for me is an emer- is an emergency option. Really, um, it, it was always it, there was always a um, a hole at swing tackle. The the tackle that sits on your on your bench and can play left or right tackle. Um, Mitchell Swartz is out there um, still, um, which might be an intriguing pickup. I saw that Jeff, his brother, tweeted <laughs> last night about. Doesn't he hate the him. Ravens? Doesn't he? <laughs> isn't he a very <laughs> famous hater of the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. What an odd fit that'd be. I mean, he, he's not going to hate it if we give him a paycheck. Um, <laughs> he'll he'll take the money. Um, I, th- I think Villanueva, I, I genuinely do think Villanueva will, will be better. I, I don't think it can get as bad as that again. Um, it, it, there, there were moments where, like, there were stretches of the game where he was fine. Um, there were stretches where he was, you know, Putting in place is his, his textbook sort of snatch and trap technique. He 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 did some good stuff. So as much as he was obviously beaten all ends up and was was did not win that battle against Crosby by any stretch of the imagination, there were some signs. And I I, I he gets a different challenge next week. Um, you know the, the the Chiefs' defensive line is is not necessarily their strength. Um. He, they've been playing Chris Jones out out wide quite a bit, um, so it, at left defensive end as well. So he may come up against Chris Jones a bit, but that's a very different challenge to the one he faced with with Crosby. So um, I, I'm not I'm I'm optimistic, and I think we might see that this season Max Crosby sort of um, takes himself. You know, I, I think we'll see that actually that that was a particularly tough matchup for Villanueva by season's end. I think we'll see that Crosby turns himself into a to a very good pass rusher this year. We've got to remember too that it is just one game and it's very difficult to make any kind of judgments off one game. But I think typically the the Ravens offensive line tends to get better as the season goes on. They're very well coached and they're very good at working out how to get those guys to gel. So I suspect that having not had any kind of stability through preseason and struggled to get their starting five out as much as they wanted to, they will probably feel like the answer is they just need more reps together and that stuff is going to start to come. But certainly it's not, you know, it it leaves you worried against the teams with the best defensive lines that we're going to face further down the line. But I don't think it's necessarily crisis time just yet. Anyone um, surprised by the effectiveness of Yannick Ngokwe last night after? There was a lot of comments on social media, so I thought I'd just throw that out there. And, And I think it was touched on last week in the call with, uh, with the, with the Raiders fan that, um, that was kind of maybe expected because of the scheme fitting him far better than how it did in Baltimore. I don't think we can rule out Kyle Nassib as well. I think that front three, all three of them, you saw the names shouted out a lot and they all hit the stat sheet. Um, obviously, we had Kyle, was it Kyle Nassib that forced the fumble from Marjack at the end. Just a really good game from all those three. And when we're in a division with Steelers, 
steel curtain looking like it, the steel curtain of old, the Browns front line looking how it does. Ian, what can we do in terms of like a game plan? Is it something that can be fixed with scheme or is the personnel going to let us down throughout the year? I think like Shane says, I think historically the Ravens line has got better as the season goes on and, and we're going to have to cling to that. I I think James has, has said it and, and we all know there's there's not many options. I don't see the, the Ravens going out and giving away draft picks to, to bring tackles and, and the like in. Um, Stanley will get better. Um, I've no doubt about that. And and hopefully this was the absolute bottom of the barrel and and the only way is up. Um, I I've said before I'm I'm Mister Optimistic. I I don't think this game was all doom and gloom. I think the Ravens did an awful lot of good in this game. Um, I I'm glad Shane said it because I I've been a a Roman fan for quite a long time and I get absolute pelters on Twitter. Everyone wants rid of him, but I thought he called he called quite a good game. Um, I've seen a lot of why did we abandon the run on Twitter today? I I'm not really sure that we did. I don't I don't think that's a thing. We we rushed more in the second half than we did in the first half. We rushed for more yardage in the second half than we did in the first half. Why did we stop being good in the second <laughs> half? That's that's the issue. What was what was Roman telling them? Just go out and go out and be rubbish, guys. <laughs> I, I I don't think it was it was that the Ravens weren't weren't rushing well i think it was just who was rushing so they took the ball out of tyson's hands and, and gave it to lamar and and i think a lot of people on twitter are, are blowing up about that i think as james said i think part of that is that is that worry about his pass protection because obviously you can't just put him in for running games because it's a massive tell to the defense but also they seem to be there seem to be some uncertainty around some of those handoffs between mm -hmm. them yeah i don't think they've quite got the rhythm yeah, well, James, I, I listened to you to the emergency pod you did, and I I text James because I I was worried about that the sort of the the handling of the ball and, and stuff, and James talked about it really well on the last pod I thought, but that was definitely a factor. Tyson, he he had that little fumble on the sideline as well that went out of bounds. The pass protection wasn't great, so I think it all added up in the end. But if if you go and look on on any of the stat sheets and whatever. I'll give you three three guesses who the number one rushing team in the NFL is right now. It's the Baltimore Ravens, and it's it's not particularly close either. They're they're a long way ahead, and they didn't have the most rushing uh, rushing attempts in the in the league either. I thought I thought Roman called a pretty decent game: thirty pass attempts, thirty four rush attempts. So it was it was balanced. Um, and I think if if you want to get on a a coach about this game, get on at Wink because we saw it against KC last year. And, and we saw it this game as well. The the Ravens' defense gave up 491 yards in this game, 409 of them through the air. And we talked about how good this DB group was, and they can only be so good as the pass rush goes. And I think losing Peters and Jimmy Smith being out is huge for this group because they play an awful lot of man coverage on the back end with those players. Um and, and that allows them to send as many as they do. And it's a, it's a concern going against Pat Mahomes. Where's that pressure going to come from? I feel like we're talking about this game like it was a 41-9 blowout. And actually, with 40 seconds left to go in this game, Tucker had just put it through from 47 yards. And we, we were winning this football game. Shane, what, what happened in the last 40 seconds and just throughout 
we had no pass rush throughout. What what what's going what's going on with the defense that missed the ball? I think it started a bit before that because at four with four oh six to play, the Ravens had a seven point lead. They um the the Raiders had a third and ten inside um the Ravens half, but out of field goal range. If the Ravens got off the field then on that third and ten, you've got four minute time for the offense, start taking time off the clock, maybe kick a field goal and and everybody goes home happy with a win. Instead, two plays later, the uh, the Raiders were in the end zone and tied the game. And then, as you say, um, 40 seconds, uh, Tucker gives the Ravens a three-point advantage. And it was, what, three plays to get into field goal range? Or was it another two? Um, and before that point, I was starting to think, oh, I'm not sure about this wink thing, of, you know, the blitzes and then... Um, uh, zero blitzes and just uh, man coverage at the back. I don't think that's working. He played a sort of, it wasn't a prevent. If you look back at it again, I thought in real time he was playing a prevent defense in that final 40 seconds, but actually he stayed in man. He just didn't send any blitz. So there's there's one of those plays that went for about 20 yards without 40 seconds to go where um, the, the Raiders keep in their tight end and, and their running back. And that means that because they're in man, Tavon Young and Patrick Queen just stand there waiting to see what their guys are going to do. And then when they realize they're blocking, they start to come up to the line. And everybody else is still in single man behind him. And so with his great, little wall of, of of linemen in front of him. Carr takes his time, rolls out, could actually have run for the first down if he'd wanted to, and then finds his guy 20 yards down the field. But I made it, the, the note I made in, in my notes watching the game this morning is that the defense gave up 23 points on the final five drives that they faced. They only stopped one, which was that crazy uh, interception in the end zone in the first drive of, of overtime when... Um, uh, Willie Sneed changed the game. Um, but it was one of those things where you can't, as as a defense, we we were all saying last, last week, like, you know, if the Ravens put up 27, 28 points, this defense should be good enough to hold them. Um, but it's the old problem that we've had for, for quite some time now, that they can't get pressure with just the front four. Uh, they've got to send extra guys on the blitz. As soon as you do that, you've you've got to take those guys from somewhere. So either you take away one or both safeties who would be doing deep coverage uh, over the back, or uh, you you make some sort of you know shifting around of, of your defenders in some other way to cover the the numbers, and it puts you at a at a weakness once the offense starts to make adjustments to that. And I've worried for some time that that's a bit of a a weakness in our scheme against the best teams in the NFL because players like Patrick Mahomes, who we're going to talk about later, they will be able to get out of that pressure, find where the weak spot is in man-to-man coverage down the field and take advantage. And and Carr, who I don't think is in the NFL's elite QB list, although he was getting a lot of praise last night, you know, Carr is good enough to make that adjustment as well. If you If you give him an obvious enough defense to adjust to and wink keep wink seemed to keep sending him the same thing again and again and again um and yeah i think it was it was a game where if you're going to be frustrated with one coordinator or the other i think you have to be frustrated with wink for that one in a bit to try and keep this as a somewhat positive ravens podcast i mean we could go down the same hole that ravens twitter has gone down today which is why i've not really checked it we had a, a Marlon Humphrey interception that was an interception and he didn't know it and it turned out to be a drop. We had a huge Mark Andrews drop in, in a key moment again that 
it's just heart wrenching for all of us. But I just don't feel like I want to throw on him at this point. Just quickly on that, Gaz. Does everyone agree that was a drop? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm I might be on my own here, but I th- I thought the the defender played that pretty well. I thought he made a, a pretty nice. The, 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 the defender did play it well, but you're talking about you know uh, you're arguing whether someone can maintain strong hands and and uh, for want of a better term, beat off the defender. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> you you went. I've had, had one hour of sleep. I'm very very tired. But um, but yeah, it's a little bit Lee Evans ish. Um, that that play in New England and probably, uh, probably my optimistic side coming and, out. And like. you're talking, yeah, and you're talking about you know this is a, a very highly paid tight end, big time situation, big time players come through, and I would just like Andrews to do whatever the hell it takes to keep that in his possession. So before we get to the Chiefs preview, Ian, let's just have a minute from you of what what went right. Let's have you're you're going to be the the optimistic one of the group. So what what went right? No problem. I, I can do that for you. Well, I've already said that the the running game I thought worked worked okay. Um, I, absolutely fine. One hundred hundred eighty nine rush yards. No problem with that. We saw some explosive plays as well. The Sammy Watkins pass over the top. Um, Marquise Brown, who I talked about, I thought was was looking really good. Uh, ran some really crisp routes. Um, so and that re- one handed catch. Can we just mention? Yes. I mean, I, I know it was yeah, four yeah. yards, but good grief! What a catch! Yeah, what, what I thought he had a, a really nice game. So, um, look, looking forward to seeing Bateman back in the mix as well. And you get sort of Andrews, Bateman, Watkins, Brown. I think that that gives you options. Lamar, the, the two fumbles, he, he was obviously trying to do a bit too much. Um, but but again, uh, some of the stuff he does, the touchdown pass to, to Hollywood was ridiculous. Um, I, I know um, we're going to have the Chiefs fan on um, who's going to talk about Mahomes and the things that he does, but I'm, I'm not sure too many quarterbacks would have would have made that play. Well, what um, I would say on that, Ian, just to interject, because I did mention it on Twitter earlier, is if you have the chance, do go to Game Pass and watch the Eli and Peyton rewatch or, or yes. the live watch of that show from yeah. Monday Night Football. It was fantastic viewing anyway, but especially on that play, because you're talking about two double Super Bowl winning quarterbacks watching it in disbelief. And Peyton actually goes, when, when Lamar is in apparent trouble and he's got two defenders converging on him, Peyton's like, throw it away, throw it away, throw it away. And then as soon as he gets out of trouble, Peyton goes, why the hell am I saying throw it away? This is Lamar Jackson. And then he watches him throw it and he goes, yeah, there you go. And, and then Eli just goes, as he watches the accuracy of the pass, it was just, it was, it was great to watch. It, it was something special that, and I, I, I think that the one more that we have to mention is, is Gaz's favorite. And it's, uh, it's Mr. OA man. I thought for, for a first game. OA um, man. I'm pretty <laughs> that sure. Was Jamaican. Yeah, that, was, that was Jamaican. I thought for, for, a, for a first game, he, he was all over. He played, played the run well. Uh, he obviously got his sack. I think he led the team in in pressures, and and I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, he led all rookies in in pressures this this first week as well. So, and he showed his speed a couple of times as well, didn't he? You could really see that he's he's got a turn of speed that not a lot of guys in his position have. He really did, Jane. I um obviously, if you're regular since this podcast, you know I'm a big away guy, um and um. Yeah, it's a way exactly. man, not a way guy. A way man. You're a big away man. There you go. Um, <laughs> he, um, yeah, he he was everything that we wanted. We we sort of thought he would be in terms of the speed. Um, but I, I loved the way that the Ravens deployed him as well. You know, the Ravens 
um, while, while they they do run some stunts and games where the um, where the defensive tackle and defensive end sort of switch their lanes in which they rush, um, they they don't run as many as or haven't in the past run as many as other teams, um, and they more rely on the kind of exotic zone blitzes that that Wink uses. But last night there were a couple of couple of stunts between McPhee and Oway where McPhee, you know, did what he did what he does and sort of takes out takes out a couple of guys and Oway comes absolutely steaming around the corner. Um and he's gonna be a real handful, I think. Um there's still loads to work on there. Um, you know, and he, he you know he's still still very raw. But um, we put him in a lot of positions to be successful last night, and uh, you know he got he was the one who who came screaming up the middle with the pressure on the um, on the interception in overtime as well. He was the one who kind of caused that. So there there are beginnings. That's the kind of optimism for me coming out of the defense is there are beginnings of a pass rusher that might be able to get home um, when we when we just send four. Um, but not getting too carried away he's he's still you know he's still developing he was so close to sacking car right at the end there in, in at the end of regular time as well um just, just a step away and that is the thing to remember when we're discussing this is that there are there are several things that if they've gone slightly differently we'd be talking about maybe getting away with a lucky win instead of you know so we don't want to sound like this is a disaster and the, the ravens are screwed but you know it was it was tight and I would say one other thing, because we've been really, really, really harsh on the offensive line, and now we're actually looking for positives, is that Bradley Bozeman didn't snap it over Lamar's head or even mess up any snaps. So, I mean, the sense of not messing up after the Buffalo game last year is a positive. Yeah, I thought he had a good game overall. I mean, it's generally, he's one of those positions where if your name's not mentioned, you're probably doing something right. But it was uh, it was a solid game. Also, the, the last highlight I think we should mention is that Patrick Queen sack, which he played superbly. I can't believe we've got nearly 35 minutes since the podcast and we've not mentioned the fact that the Raiders came within half an inch of winning it. All the players convened in the middle of the field, started shaking hands. <laughs> Can I quote UK Ravens Twitter at that point saying, just give it to them, we're done, let's get out of here. Wasn't that what it said? On UK I, 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 yeah, I, I might be a bit of an emotional tweeter. As much as I'm optimistic, I'm a very emotional tweeter. I think I was, we all was, felt that, didn't we, at that was, point? filthy with willie sneed though i had so many of his tweets from the last two weeks lined up after he bounced from off his helmet uh, <laughs> one final shout out to mark who joined us last week as that play happened he very he tweeted and that's how you win a game and then obviously everything happened and i, I jumped straight onto my twitter and like uh, but by the time i got there he'd already got on top of it and deleted it and i thought god if we'd have pulled it back and won that game we'd have had him on the podcast this week but because he won We've decided not to invite him back. So I know you're listening, Mark. So well done. We all want the lottery numbers for next week, if you wouldn't mind. Okay, let's jump to the interview. We've got Neil from the Arrowheads Abroad who's going to join us and talk about the Chiefs game. Luckily, as a nice recovery from this game, we've got the Chiefs at home on Sunday Night Football coming up. So we'll jump to the interview with Neil from Arrowheads Abroad, who I'm sure is going to be the most confident person in the room. And then we'll pick it up on the other side. So we are now joined by a representative from the Arrowhead Abroad, the United Kingdom-based Kansas City Chiefs club. We're joined by Neil, who's going to definitely be the most confident person in the room. So welcome to the UK Ravens podcast, Neil. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, guys. Not a problem at all. So tell us about you, Neil. What, what got you into the NFL and what got you into Kansas City Chiefs? 
Uh, Joe Montana is a very, very quick answer to that. Chief signed him way, way back in the day, 93, I think it was. Um, I was at university with a, a Washington fan, and he got me watching Channel 4 on a Sunday morning. Montana was about the only person I knew, so, okay, I'll support the Chiefs then. Um, been a loyal fan ever since. So you jumped right in before uh, be- before they sort of went stratospheric with their, uh, you know, they had a bit of an up and down, didn't they? But I mean, 2000, you had Priest Holmes and you know, those uh, sort of years where you're always challenging but couldn't quite get over the hump. And then uh, it must have been quite something to, uh, something that we can probably identify with a little bit in getting a kind of quarterback that just takes you to another level. Um, and how's it been the last few years? Is it taking some getting used to? <laughs> Awesome, <laughs> in a word. Uh, yeah, I mean, we had some awful years. I, mean, I can remember a 2-14 and 14 season. Um, you know, we had a couple of seasons like that that were bad. And drafting Patrick Mahomes, you knew when they signed him that he was going to be good, but you didn't realise just how special he is. And we're, we're spoiled, to be perfectly honest. Like, week in, week out, you get to watch this, and you're just going... Nobody else has anything like him. Um, he's just different to all the other quarterbacks. Um, there's no one on his level. Just explain for people who don't who don't watch uh, Mahomes week in week out. What what do you think is most special about him? When he goes off script, I would say, um, and he has the ability to work within the offense. But if things break down, he's just his ability to process what's going on see players that just other quarterbacks just wouldn't even register and be able to get the ball to them. You know, I heard someone say yesterday, I was listening to a podcast and they said the whole of the field is always in play when Mahomes has got the ball in his hands. He could be on the left sideline and he could throw it 60 yards to the right sideline. He could be on the right sideline on the run, throw it 60 yards to the left. It doesn't matter where he is with the ball in his hand. The ball could end up anywhere downfield. Um, he's just special. It's a bit like Neo in the Matrix, isn't he? When he figures out everything yes. and they say he's yeah, the one. Absolutely, yeah. How did last week go against a team that we're very familiar with? It, well, not familiar with this version of the Cleveland Browns, but how did last week against the Browns go for you guys? What What are your takeaways from, from that game? We were lucky to win. Um, the Browns were very good for very long spells of the game. But they've got Baker Mayfield at quarterback and they don't have Patrick Mahomes. And at the end of the day, that cost them. And to be honest, I would imagine that would cost them pretty much at any point during the season when they play the really top-tier teams. Um, Three quarters of the game, they were having their way with us with their offense. They could run the ball at will. They could pass the ball whenever they wanted. Um, they We couldn't stop them. We just We had no answers. Now, we, we were missing three starters on defence, which didn't help matters. Uh, Frank Clark and Terry Matthew were both missing. Um, they're two big personalities in the defence, real leaders. Um, so to be missing those two was particularly difficult. But at the same time, I'm not sure they would have made that much difference, to be honest. The Browns just looked really, really good. And then Baker did what Baker does and... Um, they just kind of fell apart in the last quarter. Their punter dropped a punt and then ran around and got stuffed with it, and that gave us a short field. We scored, and then Baker gets the ball back, kind of two or three minutes to go, down by four points, and 
two passes later, he's thrown an interception, it's game over. Um, you know, if he's a top-level quarterback, he's driving down the field and scoring with 20 seconds to go. But I, I don't see Baker as that kind of player. If it had been the other way around, I'd have put money on Mahomes doing that, but I would never put money on Baker doing it. Neil, I don't think we should we should leave it too long before we, we address the uh, Orlando Brown uh, <laughs> elephant in the room. Obviously, um, the Ravens had their own their own troubles on the O-line and we'd have loved him to be out there at right tackle for us against the Raiders. Um, how How's he gone pre-season in his first game? I saw a few bits on Twitter, but can, can we read into those? He was okay. I don't know that I would go any further than okay. Uh, Miles Garrett certainly gave him everything he could handle. Um, look, the, the offensive line is new, so... Um, you know, we've got three rookies starting centre, right guard, right tackle, and we've got new left guard in Thune, and then we've got Brown's new left tackle. So the entire offensive line is new. It's going to take time for them to gel, but I was very happy when you guys gave him up to us. I generally couldn't understand the thought process behind it from your point of view. Um, I can understand he wanted to play left tackle and you weren't going to play him there, but... Um, trading him for what you did, I thought we robbed you blind. Yeah, we've we've talked about it quite a lot on this podcast, and we're we're very interested to see how he goes at left tackle because we're we're not sure that that that's going to be you know we think he'll be good, but we're we're not sure he's going to be a top top ten left tackle. And again, we're very interested to see how much the Ravens' scheme plays into that. Ron, Ronnie Stanley's obviously an All Pro. When Orlando Brown was at left tackle, he made the Pro Bowl, and how much of that is on Lamar Jackson and defenses having to having to worry about their rush lanes? So we're very interested to see how Brown gets on. Well, we we had Charles Robinson from Yahoo Sports on our podcast a few weeks back, and we were talking about it with him, and he said, "Look, the Ravens know Brown's weaknesses, and they will they will have figured those into the equation when they were letting him go." Um, and they saw him, he played, what, half a season at left tackle for you guys last year? Played about eight games? They, they would have seen him operate at left tackle and at right tackle. And maybe they just thought, you know, he's not going to be a top 10 left tackle and there's no point paying him, in which case they got a reasonable deal for him. Um, hard to argue with that, but... I, I think that's where it came from. Yeah, I think that, you know, we he wasn't going to sign a contract with us because he wanted to play left tackle. So... You know, we got what was pretty what what I think was probably fair value, knowing that it was it's a rental. You know, it's a year's rental. It wasn't like you signed him to a long term contract. It wasn't a kind of trade and sign. Um, so at that point, you kind of think actually we probably got what we got what we wanted out of that. I think the person it didn't make sense for was or or it could not make sense for was Orlando Brown. Um, who you know has has really gambled on on himself. You know if he if he does play well at left tackle, then yeah, for you guys, then yeah, he'll get a nice big monster contract in uh, next off season. Um, but if if he doesn't, and he's a he's not exactly a, a you know stonewall left tackle, then you know he could have spent another year at right tackle with the Ravens, um, and then gone into free agency and signed a huge deal more than likely because the most the most recent experience you'd have seen with him at left tackle would have been with the Ravens last season when when he played well. So it will it will be interesting. I I, I so watching the game back, I was um I was a bit more sort of there was lots of stuff like Ian said on Twitter about Orlando Brown that was kind of 
I think he made a lot of the blocks he he made functional. You know, he it didn't didn't look particularly pretty. Uh, he was kind of scrambling, but he's done that his entire career where he's kind of made it functional. I thought there was. I thought it was Niang that looked um, that sort of was 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 a bit more of a problem for you guys. I think I think the Browns played them both in tandem and were quite happy to sort of speed rush it Orlando Brown, but then they came through Niang and inside Niang quite a bit. So that whereas the the two rookies inside Niang, um, Humphrey and Smith, just looked really good. I thought um, I thought they had good games. Yeah, I mean Niang, he's technically not a rookie but he is a rookie because he opted out of last year um so we'll see how he goes i mean he was a third round pick you don't necessarily expect them to be high caliber starters and um, we we were all surprised that they started three rookies at the on the line that was um not what we expected with expecting duverney tardif to come back in at right guard um but uh trey smith just looks like an absolute monster um, he he's going to be one of the steals of the draft for us. Um, picking him up in the sixth round, he had health issues. They've played out. It seems that he's going to be okay, um, but he's just an absolute beast watching him play. Patrick Mahomes in September averages over 330 yards a game. He's thrown 35 passing touchdowns while also avoiding single interception. 11-0 and 0 in September as a starter. How are you feeling going into this game against a Ravens team that just got sort of, um, I won't say embarrassed, but um, shown up a little bit on Monday Night Football? No one wants to lose to the Raiders, do they? I mean, I, I, we lost to them last year and that was our one kind of main loss. It's the one loss the starters had. Um, how do I feel about the Ravens game? Away games against playoff teams are always difficult. Um <sighs> I think the thing is we've played against you a couple of times in the last couple of years and handled you reasonably comfortably. And I don't really see any difference this time around. I, I would imagine it would be like a, a one score game, but never really as close as a one score game. Um, th- there's no easy way of beating the chiefs. Um, you really, you you have to take chances. You have to play aggressively you certainly have to make aggressive decisions. Something the Browns did very well against us. They went for it on fourth down a number of times. They got them all. Um, you you have to go and try and score touchdowns. The, there's a myth that if you play ball control against us, you know you can win the time of possession battle, and you know you can get a win that way. That's garbage. It just doesn't work because we can score too quickly. Two three play eighty yard drive. Bang! We've got a touchdown. You might have taken seven minutes off the clock and 14 plays and kicked a field goal. Congratulations, you got three points, we got seven. We just start, we score too quickly for you to try and play that kind of game. And a lot of the top teams, certainly last year, tried to play that game against us and they lost. Um, you've got to be aggressive. You've got to look to score at least 30 points. Um, no matter how you do it, I, if I were you guys, I wouldn't punt beyond your own 40 because you're wasting your time because chances are we're going to be past you within two plays anyway. You've got to be aggressive, particularly with Lamar at quarterback. You've got options there. You've got to be aggressive. You've got to take your chances. And if you lose, so be it. But you've got to lose in a positive fashion. 
Great, everyone looking forward to that. I, I think um, <laughs> I, I think your point about being aggressive, I mean, Harbaugh was maybe the first real exponent or proponent of that against Reed's Chiefs back in, I think, 2019 at Arrowhead, um, where he really took you to the wire and arguably uh, should have should have come away with a win. I was actually in uh, Manchester watching that in the Brotherhood of Pursuit and Pastimes with some other Chiefs fans and some Ravens fans, so that's quite an atmosphere. Um, but I noticed as well on um, Sunday that, the Browns went for two after scoring a touch, the first touchdown of the game. Um, and I'd agree. I think you, 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 you're not going to um, get from John Harbour uh, anyone backing down on, on, on Sunday. Um, it's, he's, he, he will go for it uh, from, uh, from inside our own half. And, um, you know, I think look, asking around the room, the concern would be the execution um uh, for, from all of us after watching last night so um but um yeah it's i i think i mean gaz how do you feel about do you think that uh, the the atmosphere at mnt and the home crowd being back will have any kind of impact whatsoever on the ravens performance on sunday bringing it up a notch to actually kind of get close to mahomes and the chiefs i think had you asked me this question at this time last year i felt that um, we were going into a, a stronger year with a, a stronger team and had it M&T Bank been rocking that night, it wouldn't have been the blowout that it was. Um, we've seen a couple of different games against the Chiefs. We've seen the blowout. We've seen us play them quite close and get close to winning. Um, it's so hard to answer today having seen everything that went on last night. And I- I'm so concerned, as we've discussed, about the trenches on both sides of the ball and I know Neil said that their offensive line is is finding time to glue together I just don't the thing with Mahomes has always been you've got to be able to get home with three or four and I don't think we're going to get home with five or six looking at how we played last night I'm not sure that that with us at the moment what the the comment I would make to Neil with his um, comment on the Raiders earlier on is I think you're going to have a really, really tough time against that Raiders team this year because that front line of the Raiders is solid and they're going to come after you. Um, I think they're going to be two really interesting games, especially in Las Vegas when you've got that uh, new stadium absolutely rocking with the black hole as well. So, Neil, what's the expectation level for you guys this season? Is it kind of anything less than a Super Bowl will be a disappointment? Where where are your expectations at? It has to be, doesn't it? We've been Super Bowl two years in a row. We were the best team. We've been AFC Championship three years in a row at home. Anything less than that, yes, I would agree, would be a disappointment, to be honest. And I I know it sounds arrogant to a large extent, but there's no one's really been able to match us for the past couple of years. As long as we've got Mahomes healthy for the whole season, then we're in with a chance of any game. I don't think there's any game this season that we're not favourites for. I'd say, in fact, Sunday night is probably the only one which you might count as a scratch and kind of be somewhere close. But the rest of the games during the season, if you look at the bookies odds, we're going to be favourites in all of them. I don't think we'll win all of them. Um, I actually have, although I've said I think we'll win on Sunday when we were doing our kind of pre-season preview, I think we'll lose at the Ravens. I think we'll lose at the Chargers. And we may well lose the last game of the season when we're resting the first teamers because we've got first seeds wrapped up probably. Um, but and it, yes, anything less than the Super Bowl is definitely a disappointment. And it's 
it's a great position to be in, but also you're taking everyone's best shot every week because everyone wants to beat the best teams and, you know, people see us as one of the best teams. You say it's Super Bowl or bust and that there's not a team that you're not favoured against. Let's say you get to a Super Bowl and you're facing Tom Brady and the Buccaneers again. What what has to happen differently this, this year for the, for the score to, to turn out your way? Not putting four backups out on the offensive line would help. Um, you know, we had... We lost Eric Fisher in the championship game. We'd lost Mitch Schwartz halfway through the season. You know, they're two very good tackles. Um, the only starter we had on the offensive line was playing in the wrong position. And that didn't help. And the Bucks were able to get home with four. I, I think the one big issue I had with the Super Bowl was that we didn't make any adjustments. Like by the end of the first quarter, start of the second, you could see our game plan wasn't working but we didn't do anything different. We just kept trying to do the same things and it just didn't happen. So, um, yeah, if we get to Super Bowl again, I'd love to see enough people healthy that we make a game of it. So, um, just before we let you go then, can I just push you for a score prediction for Sunday night? What do you think they get? I think it's going to go a score prediction and Let's just have a random statistical prediction. X player is going to go for X yards or, or something like that. Let's not go for Mahomes to throw for five touchdowns, though, eh? <laughs> um, I will go with 30-24 to the Chiefs. Um, but I, I think you may well score a late touchdown to make it look more respectable than the game actually was. Um, random touchdown... Um... Well, Tyreek Hill had a big week this week. He had 190-ish yards. I think missing Marcus Peters as you are, I think Tyreek Hill could feast again. Hill and Kelsey took like 75% of the targets from Mahomes. That's going to happen until someone can stop one or the other of them. Uh, and Tyreek Hill's just a different breed when it comes to pace. Um, so I think Tyreek, Tyreek Hill for at least 100 yards and at least one touchdown. Absolutely. So before you go, where can we find you and where can we find the Arrowheads Abroad? So you'll find us on Twitter and Facebook. Um, we're at KC Chiefs UK on Twitter. We're Arrowheads Abroad on Facebook. Uh, we have a website, arrowheadsabroad.com. Um, you'll find us on Spotify with our podcasts week in, week out. And that's us. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us, Neil. We'll let you get out of here and then we'll uh, make our predictions on the game, which probably will sadly mirror somewhat close to, <laughs> to, what, to what you've predicted. So um, thank you very much for joining us. And yeah, we'll we'll pick this up on Twitter as the game kicks off at, is it half 12 months of the night football? It's a touch no, half, earlier. Half one. Um, Pre-game's half 12, game's half one, I think. So we'll, we'll pick it up on the early hours of Monday morning with you. I will be there. We'll be so there. thanks a lot, Neil. Thanks for joining us. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks Cheers, for having and there goes Neil, the Arrowhead abroad, who, fair play to him, was the most confident person in the room, as we suspected, but you would be having to go and pursue Super Bowls back-to-back. So, guys, what did we miss? From a Ravens' point of view, how do we improve? What can we realistically expect from... Let's start with the defensive line. They always say you've got to get to Mahomes with three or four and not five or six. What realistically can we expect from the defence this week? Yeah, well, Neil sort of said it um, originally when he talked about about Mahomes. 
Um, I, I would I would take it a little further and say, you know, the, the guy processes information quicker than than any quarterback in the league, possibly ever. Um, he's he's surgical. Um, the the thing that is I find most impressive about him, and let's not talk too much about how great Holmes is, but it is relevant. The thing that I find most impressive about him is that he has this weird, uncanny sort of ability that he. It's almost like he wants you to blitz him. He wants it. He he stands there like a matador and says, "You know what? Come on, just 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 do it, and I am going to hurt you if you do it." And like you watch back teams that have had success against him, and they've only brought four guys, but you, you have to have a bit of variety. So those teams, even in a even in like even in an ocean of success against Mahomes, like the Buc- Buccaneers had once or twice, a few times during the Super Bowl, they brought a blitz. And Mahomes killed them on the blitz. Um, so unfortunately, we are perfectly built to um, <laughs> to have Patrick Mahomes carve us up because that defense is predicated on pre- on on blitz packages on pressure. And um, as much as as much as you'd <laughs> as much as you'd like to see us go away from who we are and try and, and try and just go with, with four guys and try and do that job. We don't have the horses to do it. Um, and also, you can't really change who you are just, just for one game, really, this fundamentally. So I suspect we will still see some blitzes. I, I wrote um, a game plan today for Russell Street Report that's coming out on Thursday. And um, I, I, I sus- what, I, what I suspect is that, you know, he, Wink will hopefully curb his enthusiasm a little bit um but he won't be able to 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 stop it entirely i would do what the browns did which is what i which is what i um sort of mentioned um slightly to neil which was that they they were quite happy to run speed rushes around orlando brown um which normally means if you if if you send sort of if you send a couple of guys around the edge um, and go go sort of after the 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 depth point that patrick mahomes goes to because he drops back quite a long way they sort of meet in the middle. Mahomes steps up and delivers a strike, or he steps up and escapes out to the right and throws a, a sixty-yard bomb to Tyree Kill down the sideline. And um, what the what the Browns did was they they did send someone past sort of Orlando Brown and, and threatened the edge on that side, but they sent someone through Lucas Niang. So I'd like to see Oway round the edge on Orlando Brown, and I'd like to see Justin Houston and um, Penel McPhee trying to get through Lucas Niang on the other side. Um, and, and we'll see what happens. Um, like I said, the problem is they are they are built to to um, they are built to beat us in, because of the way Mahomes is. Um, and and so I would expect the challenge with the Chiefs is you're always picking your poison anyway. Like they they're always going to move the ball. They're always going to score points. So you've got to decide which way you want them to score points um, that that best benefits you in terms of you your chase to win you know you're going to lose a lot of battles but you've got to try and win the war so how are you going to do that Shane how do we beat them on offense are we going to see a different set of running back well we're obviously going to see we've got not going to cut anymore what running backs are we going to see and how do we beat them on the offense side of the ball 
Well, again, remember it's a short week, so there's a limit to how much you can change and to how much they can they can do in practice to to adjust to what happened in in the last game. I think in a lot of ways, um, coaches are always using boxing metaphors to describe football matches, but I th- I think of a game against the Chiefs as being more like a tennis match. It's it's about who drops their their serve ultimately. You've got to just you've got to score on your drives because you know that they're going to score on the majority of theirs, um, and you've got to hope that you can capitalize on on one of their mistakes and they're not capitalizing on yours. So we've got to be able to move the ball. We've got to be able to do it in that steady and persistent way that this offense does when it's at its best and we didn't do that too much against the Raiders and part of that is understandable because the running game has been gutted um but some of that hopefully will be some of that slack will hopefully be taken up by a passing game that's got another few days to come together and as we said earlier you know Watkins and and Marquise Brown both looked excellent um hopefully uh, Andrews will make a bit more of an impact on the game so I think you've you've got to you've got to move the ball and you've got to put up points I know it's a really banal thing to say because obviously that's how you beat any team but um it's not the way that Harbour typically approaches a game Harbour kind of likes to be I, th- I think in a lot of ways Harbour would be quite happy with three nil wins and seven nil wins if he if he could like just for maximum efficiency just stop your opponent doing anything and then just outscore them right at the end um but you've got to keep um like I say you've got to hold your serve essentially so they've got to find ways to do that and I think it means spreading the ball around a bit more um getting the ball downfield having some of those downfield strikes but they've just got to cut out the mistakes on the offensive line then. Ben, what are we expecting from Villanueva? Are you expecting a bounce back? Do you think there's going to be any shuffle around? No, I think, I mean, he'll be, as, as Shane said, it's a short week, so you can't really bring in a replacement right tackle at this point. It'll be um, a, a case of hoping that um, everyone will step up their game from last night as far as learning, watching what film they can, get a good practice in this week. Um, it's probably advantageous that, as James said, we're not against as an effective a pass rush as we just witnessed last night. Um, and I completely agree with Shane. I mean, they just need to be able to um, do what they did as far as the running game, which was moderately successful. Well, it was pretty successful last night as far as opening up holes. I mean, the holes, the hole for uh, for Tyson to go through for the touchdown, it was, you could have, you know, got a double decker bus through that, couldn't you? So um, I think, you know, it's, and the Browns were effective. I mean, you know, as Neil said, they could, run at will against the Chiefs. So I think we have effectiveness of, of, of potentially there of, of maintaining our run first game um, and providing that they can get the protections in place to help Villanueva. And I think assuming that Stanley will be up slightly uh, on, on his level from, from last night, um, we've got a decent chance of scoring through the air as well. I mean, Lamar came out and looked sharp again as he did in that preseason game when he had that one series um but then you know he and he yeah he did miss a few last night he missed um some fairly easy uh short to intermediate routes that would have picked up first downs that would have been potentially quite important as well so um i i think we need to sharpen up and they have to play if they have to have any chance whatsoever of keeping pace with the chiefs um the offense have to find you know a sort of 25 percent uptick in performance and efficiency and nail every drive because you're completely correct, Shane. It is a a service break type of scenario. Um, I think that Harbour, even though he would favour the efficiency, does game plan well against especially top-tier opponents. And as I said 
previously, he knows what you need to beat the Chiefs is not field goals. It is touchdowns and two-point conversions, and that's it. So um, who knows? Maybe uh, the, the, the crowd will be behind them. Um, they'll find some extra motivation. They'll be super focused, and they'll give them a game. Um, we can only hope. That's why you play. Yeah, it's a good point, Ben. I think that he, uh, Harbour did did say that failing to finish drives was a was a big problem last night. So I'm not saying he doesn't he doesn't mind, but I think he sort of he's he kind of figures, okay, we're gonna take the ball away on our share. Let me just sorry, I'm interrupting uh, Ian's turn to speak, but let me just quickly skip through my notes on how some drives ended uh, last night. So first drive of the first quarter. Crosby gets a sack on third down, forcing a punt. Uh, Ravens scored on their next drive. Second quarter, Watkins drops uh, a pass on third down, forcing a punt. Um, Ravens score on their next drive. And then Ravens stopped on fourth and one. You can maybe question the the play calling there. Uh, First drive of the third quarter, Ngokwe tips a pass on third down, forcing a punt, and so on. So there's a lot of those things where you've just, you've got to clean that kind of stuff up. You've just got to, you've got to make sure the third downs are efficient and and everybody is executing basically because you're you're playing a team that's that's absolutely at the top of their game and operating on very small margins if if the ravens want to get anything out of this game that they have to play a a nine or a 10 out of 10 game um from from what i saw the browns probably played a an eight out of 10 game wasn't good enough to beat the chiefs you've got to be right on it to shane shane's point the, the ravens offense last night Three, three of 12 on third down, that's that's not going to get it done against the Chiefs. Um, the, the game's almost got to be perfect to, to beat these guys. And uh, I think we're at that stage again where, same as last year, it's just come a little bit too early in the season. I'd love to see these games sort of week 10, week 11. And I think I think this is two years running that we've, we've run into the Chiefs at, at an awful time. The big difference with this with this game, I think, um, that's sort of is is a very different challenge to to the Raiders. The the challenge in this game is um, most people sort of. So Steve Spagnolo is the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs. Uh, most people know Spagnolo from um, the Giants um, when he coordinated the Giants defenses that t- stopped Tom Brady in the Super Bowl a couple of times. Um, uh, and know that he gets lots of you know he does his pass rushes or the pass rush of his defense is always great. But he's actually a, a coverage guy, um, and he runs extremely complex um, coverages. Um, they they struggle. Um, I thought Neil was really right to point out about Tyron Matthew because they they struggled a little bit without Matthew. He is the guy who makes a lot of those complex coverages go, and unfortunately for us, he will be back um, on Sunday night. So it's a very different challenge. It'll be really interesting to see Lamar facing off against that again. Um, he struggled. He has struggled with it in the past. Um, so it'd be really good to see sort of his development from that perspective. Um, but I completely agree with you, Ian. It, it, like it's just it's come a little too soon because you know we, we can't forget that the that the Ravens' offense is is without Nick Boyle um, and is without Rashad Bateman, um, and th- that those are two you know those are two big guys for that offense. And um, when a when a defense can just focus on on Hollywood Brown and and um, and Mark Andrews, then then there's a bit of a challenge there. So it will be interesting to see how they how they deal with that challenge. Are any of us picking the Ravens to win this week? No. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's bad when Ian goes. Okay, let's quickly go around the room then. Ian, I'm going to come to you first because it's funny when I come to you first. 
<laughs> Let's have a, a score and player prediction for the upcoming game against the Chiefs, please. I'm going to give you an optimistic loss, uh, 24-35. I, I, like I said, I just think this game's come too soon. Um, I think the Ravens have got too much to too much to work out. Uh, a player, let's give you Lamar rushes for over a hundred yards, uh, and I think that would that would break some record if I'm not mistaken. Uh, most games by a quarterback. I could be wrong on that, but but we'll see. James, uh, I'm going to go 38-27 Chiefs, um, and I think uh, I think we'll see. Um, Sammy, I think we'll see Sammy Watkins go over. Sort of, let's say. Uh, let's go over 80 yards. Stop going to go 100 down, Shane? I am going to say um, I'm, I'm picking the, the Chiefs to win this 41-29. And I think that it's going to be 29 because there's going to be a two-point extra point in there somewhere. Don't think we're taking any field goals. Um, but I think the, the crazy, the stat I'm going to go for, I'm going to pick... I'm I'm gonna a bit of optimism. I'm gonna say Marlon Humphrey uh, interception, one that he actually realizes he's caught this week. Yeah, he'll he'll notice this time. He's not gonna fall for that one again. That old intercepting the ball and not realizing trick. <laughs> ben, yeah, actually, I already had forty-one uh, written down as well. Um, but I've got a closer game. I've got forty-one thirty-six, um, uh, ending with a five-point margin with the Chiefs uh, scoring a. Uh, a late touchdown and going for two to get a five-point uh, gap and then Lamar throwing a pick on our last drive to finish things. But I think um, it'll be... I think the offense will actually find... It's one of those freaky Sunday night games where the, off, the, the offense will find a rhythm and they'll go hell for leather and point for point with the Chiefs but just fall short at the end. So um, I'm kind of... Even though I always thought we were going to lose this game... I've now said it's taken a sudden weird uptick, even though we played worse this last week than I thought we were going to play. So forty-one thirty-six. I I can see as you're all looking at your notes on the table that you've always took into consideration, and that's not who I am. So I'm going to go. I am going to go for a loss. We'll talk about why I'm going to go for a loss. In I'm going to go fifty-one forty-seven, and our prediction will be that it's going to be the <laughs> highest-scoring game of the NFL. That would be pretty. What's yeah. the what's the highest scoring game? Pretty close to the ever. the Rams Chiefs, which was about that, wasn't it? Sort of fifty one forty eight or something. That yeah, it was something like that. Just quickly before we get out of here, obviously last show we all went through our season prediction. We're a week in now. Would anyone like to change their season total predictions after seeing what the Ravens put on the field in week one? Ben, I'll come to you first. Uh, I think it's too early for me to even adjust. I'm not going to do this every week, adjust my uh, my season prediction. So I already adjusted it down by two games last week. So uh, despite evidence to the contrary, I'll maintain optimism and stick with 12 and 5. Does anybody want to change, just to make this process quicker? Does anyone come out of this field nervous? I don't think so, but I think I think Ben, James and I all did sort of revise down in the emergency podcast when... It turned out that all of our running backs had gone, so we all thought, yeah, it's probably going to cost us a game, maybe two if we were unlucky. Whereas now I just think, well, the problem with losing to the Raiders is you've got to find that win somewhere else. It makes it tough. I, I mean, I, I thought about bringing, well, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to bring mine down on the record, but 
I'm now looking at the schedule. I don't see how we beat the Browns either leg with Miles Garrett coming off the edge. I also don't see how we beat the Steelers either way. And I don't think we make the playoffs anymore. To end the podcast on a very did, negative didn't note, you just, I don't understand. Didn't you just bring it down on the record <laughs> by saying you, you weren't going to bring it down on the record? You, you were so high last week, guys. You had I us beating the Chiefs last week. I, I did, but I just... I just I looked at that. Wow. We can't, finish, we can't finish with Gaz being depressed. Nah. That's the worst. There's going to be no, be no got... outro music for this podcast. <laughs> just the sound of like wind and a sign <laughs> creaking. I've got, I've got on my notes in speech marks winning the trenches. Both our weakest area. We can't get pressure with four. It's non existent. Uh, we can't stop four rushes. I, I don't know how we beat the Browns and the Chiefs. Go, the Browns go and, and the Steelers. Some, sorry. Go and stick some D Ream on your Spotify guys yeah. and dance around the kitchen. <laughs> It's only one game, Gaz. Come on, let's go. Yeah. In one of in one of those games, the Browns will will do the Browns thing. Yeah. Um. And Ravens Steelers games are are just all of the rules go out the window, and they just get weird sometimes. Like last season when we apparently only had like six able-bodied people, and we almost beat them. So yeah, I'm. I still think we split those. I still think that's that's kind of what I thought at the beginning, and I, I haven't changed that. Can we get to two and two by the end of week four? Who do we play? I mean, I'm not Detroit, even looking at Detroit after um, Denver and, Det- and Lions. Sorry, week three, Denver week four. I'm going to say yes. yes. So yeah. yes. And the Lions is the meet update. So that is a guaranteed win. And look at that for a segue. Woo! <laughs> How are the meet ups uh, ticket sales going in? Look at you! Your, your back high as a kite now. We're going to win every game. I've got a segue in. I don't care about the Ravens. It's a roller coaster. Uh, yeah, the the uh, Lions game is is selling really well actually in London. As I said, um, we we've got uh, a few tickets left, and uh, we've got a, a, a sort of semi celeb coming along ish. So you know we'll we'll keep that on the on the down low, but. How about Leeds, man? Yeah, I mean Leeds is is fine, but we could do with a few more. To be honest, I mean it's we got we got a nice sort of initial surge of sales, but it's gone a bit quiet. So if you are in the north um, and you want to uh, hang out with me and Gaz, uh, well, that's not really selling it. But anyway, <laughs> come anyway. <laughs> me and Ben will keep ourselves to ourselves yeah, in the corner. We won't talk to you. It's fine. <laughs> It's a big room. But that is but just but just to remind you, that is box box in <laughs> box box. I'm doing the F one <laughs> calls now. Uh a box in Leeds and uh that'll be uh for the Lions game. Uh, don't forget it does include two rather than your measly one uh, drink ticket for, for London. There's two two drinks tickets for Leeds, uh plus the swag in both locations. So that and some lovely, lovely swag. And there is a beer bell in Leeds. We yeah. keep forgetting the beer bell in Leeds. Right, okay, I propose next time we do this podcast next week, we leave a gap and have more than five hours sleep between us um, before we come on the podcast and act silly again. Oh, hang on. I've just realized before we go that we haven't got James's matchup for this week. So, James, have you got something that we can look at that might stop us looking at the scoreboard? Yeah, so I think for me, uh, I said I was gonna. I said I wasn't gonna do offensive line each week, so I'm not gonna do offensive line. Uh, basically, I think one of the, the matchup for me to for, for everybody to watch out for this week is um, is Sammy Watkins up against uh, Ladarius Sneed. Um, it might be Chubb, Ch- uh, might be Ward as well. Um, but Ladarius Ladarius Sneed's probably the guy. I, I think the reason to watch out for this matchup is that the Chiefs in the past haven't really respected the rest of the Ravens receivers outside of Andrews and Hollywood. 
Um, so they've kind of taken away Andrews, taken away Hollywood, and then just banked on the fact that um, none of our other receivers are going to get open. Um, I don't think they can rely on that this this time this year. Um, so I do think that a key matchup in the game to watch will be how often is Watkins getting open? If he's getting open a lot, then the Chiefs are going to have to start adjusting what they do and they're going to have to have a plan. They may already have a plan for Watkins, but it'll be really interesting if he's if he's a guy that can get open, get a lot of catches, then I think we've we've probably got a good chance of um, of at least being competitive in this game. Are we going to see any Le'Veon Bell? <laughs> um, I think Freeman will be up first before Bell, but I could be wrong. They could be thinking about the revenge match and, and getting and get Bell involved. Um, it'd be great if they did, I think, actually, because he would add something really different to the Ravens, to the Ravens run, running offense. Um, I'd like to see some more zone some more zone runs um, in this game than we normally see. And, and Le'Veon Bell's a great fit for that. So it'd be good to get him involved in that and as a receiver out of the backfield. So it would be great if he was, but I, I suspect it would be Freeman. Ah, ah, well. Well, we will be back next Thursday, the 23rd of September, where we're going to review the Chiefs game and we're going to preview the Lions game, where we are going to be watching it together. Um, Ian, Shane and James in London and me and Ben up in Leeds. So, as always, if you'd like to be involved with the show, please email us at ukravenshow at gmail.com. And until next week, let's go Ravens. Thank you for listening to the UK Ravens podcast. This podcast is created, hosted, and produced by members of the UK Ravens. Join the community on social media at UK Ravens and facebook.com forward slash UK Ravens. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the UK Ravens podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. To be involved with the show, email us at ukravenshow at gmail.com. For more info, links, and to stay up to date, visit www.ukravens.com.